Hiya, yeah. my name's Jen and this is actually our first recording for the Liberty Lounge. I'm here with Holly and our very first, most special guest, Ooh. Claire Snowden-Darling <laughs> from... Balance Wellness. I'm the founder of Balance Wellness and the head of the College of Functional Kinesiology. Amazing. And what do you do? Tell us in a nutshell. In a nutshell, I specialise in women's hormones and digestive issues, uh, particularly things like menopause and period instability and also emotional transformation, which and it's a mixture of both Mm -hmm. that today's subject comes into, isn't it? Cool. Yeah, definitely. And I've got Holly here and I can't not let Holly do a little bit of talking. But Holly, why did you want Um, Claire to be our number one guest. So nearly two years ago, Claire did a sex talk at Liberty and I was too poorly to come and listen to it. But since then, I've been badging her going, I need to listen to this because Jen walked away like a new woman. She's like, oh, you're going to hear all about it. But Claire inspires me and she is so incredibly talented at what she does. And I hope this podcast go, you go away and you have the best sex ever. <laughs> that really is like a great strap line. It's a strap on line. Like, yeah. <laughs> women can go away and have the best sex ever. Yeah. And not with anybody else. Have it with yourself. Hell Start there. Yes. Yeah. yeah, definitely. For me, it was having very awkward conversations that I hadn't previously even thought about or been, or maybe I had, but not processed what I was feeling and then been able to have them and not feel like it was a reactive, oh, you don't fancy me or whatever. Um, was going on at the time and yeah because I think quite often when you have bad sex you put it down to they don't fancy me Mm. there is no chemistry when actually you just need to be taught a few new things Mm. or lack of communication that was it for me and ever since we've had such a good sex life and I love that thanks babe you just said oh my absolute pleasure or your absolute pleasure I'm delighted (laughs) Holly you just said something and it just really sort of resonated with me because it's it's something that I've been working on really hard over particularly over the last few years that thing where you said they don't fancy me it's really really common I actually think it's because as women we're taught to be caretakers the good girl syndrome all of those things we almost have this default setting where when something's not right or when something's not great we make it about us. Yeah. We make it about... We internalise oh, yeah, it. Yeah, we internalise it and go, oh, that was me, that was me. Or, you know, if there's an awkward conversation with someone, we go, oh, I feel like a bit of a dick. Or like, whatever it is, we completely internalise it. But this whole sort of mantra that I've been working on for a few years, which is, what if it's not about me? Yeah. What if it's about the dynamic here? What if it's about... What, what if it's about them? What if, what can I learn from this? How can I come back to this place of sort of knowing myself so deeply that I know that that thing wasn't actually about an, a, a lack in me? Mm. It was because there's some learning here. Yeah. And there's so much that we need to remember that's not personal. Like even when things feel really personal, they're actually yeah. not. No, and not. I think it really affects your relationship. I'll be really honest. My sex life, I'm really struggling with right now. And in the whole relationship like that takes a massive chunk Mm. um, of why I feel so depressed is because I'm like he does not fancy me he doesn't want it enough when actually probably is a bit tired like there's lots of other things going on in his life and actually if it's about me I don't actually probably think that that's the reason he's not having sex because I am a goddamn hot right (laughs) so goddamn hot yeah and that that again is really interesting isn't it because we make it about 
them and we get our validation from that external locus don't we so I'm I feel good about myself because you want me yeah so then the journey is how can I feel incredible about myself and share that with you and share that with you I think let's go into the nitty gritty. Now, what I took away from Jen's experience with you, she came back and said, you can orgasm seven different ways. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. Talk about it. So if I just do a bit of the background then. Um, So the, the female genital organs are very complicated. It's a complicated network and it includes the vagina, the labia, the cervix, the uterus, the ovaries and the fallopian tubes. And we mostly, I think, in general life, but also so my background was sex, just to do that bit. I studied Tantra for 10 years as part of my self development journey. And I same as you, you know, you we were talking earlier, I had a lot of shame around sex. I had a lot of um, insecurity, didn't know how to ask for what I want, didn't even know what I wanted. So I studied Tantra. And then Tantra combined with all of the other self uh, discovery methodologies that I and disciplines and therapies that I did kind of combined uh, all my knowledge. And this is where the sex part comes from. Because for me, like real health and wellness means we're emotionally, you know, in a great place, mentally well, we are sexually well, we are very boundaried, we are disciplined with what we eat, with how we exercise. It's all, I call it the whole health picture. So the sex part for me is this part of this whole health picture, because you're absolutely right. It massively affects our mental health. Even if it's not about external validation, sex is important, you know, in, um, the 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 Maslow, do you know yeah. Maslow? Yeah, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's on the basic, on the on the bottom rung. Like for us to be the best versions of ourselves, we need to have sex. So in tantra, we call it sacred sexuality. So it's a this is the sacred sexuality and the lead into conscious relationship. And most people, most of the time, are not in conscious relationship or treating sex in a particularly sacred way. But we're going to come on to that. So in sacred sexuality, the same as in mainstream, we tend to label this whole network as the vagina, whereas technically the vagina is obviously just the corridor between the labia and the, cer- in the cervix. In Sanskrit, in so in the way we, we call it in Tantra, the word for the whole of a woman's reproductive system is called the yoni. The yoni. Yoni. My yoni. I my yoni. Sorry. It, but it yoni. is though, right? It's yoni, yoni twang. And it's I love the word yoni. It's like it's just a little bit less clinical than vagina. <laughs> vagina. Vagina. <laughs> and yoni means sacred cave. The sacred Ooh. cave. Yeah. And the the penis is called the lingam, which means the wand of light. <laughs> So the wand of light illuminates the sacred I don't know why cave. that's funnier than penis, but lingam. <laughs> the lingam. The lingam. The lingam. So we have got all of those areas. So, you know, the labia, the clitoris, the vagina, the G-spot, the cervix, the uterus. So you said about the seven different orgasms. I'm like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. There are seven different orgasms. And where do they come from? Well, we have the clitoral orgasm. Everyone knows about the clitoral orgasm. That's probably the closest to the male orgasm that the the woman has in terms of the experience. Like most women tend to find that once they've had a big clitoral orgasm, it's like they're done and thanks very much, it's over. People often also know about the G-spot orgasm. So that's where we get the squirting from, which actually is quite similar to a man's ejaculation, isn't it? 
So the G spot is sort of you know a couple of inches up into the vagina, and um, you can you feel it starts to feel a bit like a furry baked bean. And actually, there's a lot of um, uh, sort of textbooks that say that the, the, the G spot doesn't even become active until a woman's in her thirties. Oh, there's still yeah. hope for me now. Yeah, wow. so some women do experience it earlier, but a lot of women go, "Oh, I don't have one." You go, "Yeah, it might not have literally popped yet. out yet." Mm. Wow. Mm. And I do think in some women's cases, it does take a little bit of coaxing. My experience is it took a bit of coaxing. Now, around the G-spot, <clears throat> this is the one that's probably the most controversial and the most confused because they can't find it medically, which, of course, means it doesn't exist. But anyone who's experienced it knows it bloody exists. So you have the G-spot. You, you can't see it, uh, but I'm actually trying to, like, do little <laughs> diagrams with my hands. So Me and Jenna look and go, uh-huh, yeah, <laughs> there we go. So you have the G-spot and then literally around the G-spot in, like, two channels around it is the skeins gland. That's S-K-E-N-E-S for anyone who wants to know. Google it. And the skeins gland, again, medically, they don't really know what it's for. Um, and they don't really know where all the liquid comes from. But basically, that's where we get the gushing, like when it comes out like a river. So it's the skeins gland that needs to be kind of worked on, not just the G-spot to get that kind of gushing. So there we've got three. Then we have a cervical orgasm and the cervical orgasm is actually where you get that deep throbbing deep in your vagina and it can almost be a bit painful and it's your cervix opening and closing, you know, almost like at the beginning of of childbirth. And then we also have the uterine Um, and the uterine again is it's like a deep throbbing, but less the way I would describe it is it's less sort of sharp than the cervix and it's that deeper. Sometimes you can just feel your belly moving after like a big orgasm. That's the uterine orgasm. Um, so then we also have the anal orgasm. That's the sixth. And we can also have orgasms from nipples. So, yeah, they're the other two. Now, a lot of women, particularly women with irritable bowel syndrome, won't really enjoy the experience of the anal orgasm because one of the ways of diagnosing irritable bowel syndrome is um, anal distension, i.e. it's your anus is too tight and therefore it's really painful and it's all like in spasm. But actually in Tantra, we, they, they, work, they, they talk about that and they work on that. And then when you see experts like me who work on your irritable bowel syndrome, that means that anal then becomes an option. However, you can also access the anal orgasm through the vagina. So if you imagine that you are putting your fingers uh, into, a vagi- into your vagina and up towards your pubic hair, that's in the area of your G-spot and your skein's gland. But actually, if you go in and down the other way, that's when you start getting towards the anal orgasm um, kind of place. So you can actually experience all of those. And we don't actually need a partner for any of them, mm-hmm. for any of them. I would say you probably do need at least a sex toy for the cervix one, because that is when your cervix is getting a good pummeling that it starts to kind of respond. And what toy would you recommend? It's such a personal thing. But so I think if you're trying to like access the G spot, the skeins glands, then one that does like have a bit of a buzz in that area is great. If you're just trying to get your cervix, then there are the really good sort of bouncer, um, sort of dildos rather than a vibrator because they do they are technically you know they do do different things but the bit that really amazed me was we kind of go right seven different orgasms okay the thing is it's not just a case of which orgasm am I going to have 
there's actually a pathway. There's a process. It's like our body is leading us to the opportunity to have all seven. And it's so here's what happens generally. We have a bit of foreplay, you know, tweaking of the nipples and all that kind of stuff. Nice bit of snogging touching each other. Lovely. Then people tend to, you know, okay, well, either we're going to go for some penetrative sex now, or I'm going to start playing with clit or do a mixture of both. But as we said earlier, when I do get to the point where I've had a clit orgasm, now I'm done. Actually, there comes a point, and you may have experienced this, that during sex or during, um, you get to a point of Aching for a cock. Yeah, aching for a cock, (laughs) where actually you can carry on playing with your clit or you could stop and then be penetrated. Mm. Well, this is the option. Stop, allow yourself to be penetrated. And now you can actually really go and focus on a G-spot orgasm or the skein's gland orgasm. Now, the G-spot orgasm, again, tends to be quite a big final thing. But skein's glands orgasm, now these these are the holy grail. Because when you start on these... You just don't stop. It's like waves that come over you over and over again. And the gushing, I mean, like, just make sure you're well hydrated and you've laminated your whole house mm-hmm. because it can be like When I intense. first did that, I felt like it was an addiction. Mm. So, like, it wasn't long after your class. And um, he did it. And if he then wouldn't do it during sex, I was stroppy and I was like... <laughs> Yeah. Like, I I need that. No, I need that. Don't do anything but that. Yeah. That was so great. And it is a technique. I mean, you can do it on yourself or find a toy that that really accesses that area for you. So it's, I'm saying you don't need a man to do it or a partner to do it. You can do it yourself. But yeah, it is, it, it is quite addictive because it's, in Tantra, we talked about we talk about how it replenishes the woman's body. Mm. So it's like it's just this huge surge of energy, but it doesn't deplete us. It's it is like mm. waves just crashing. What in is on the, the shore. best way to teach your other half to do it? Learn it yourself. Okay, and Te- show them. <laughs> okay, yeah. And I know it sounds silly. Is there anywhere online where you can see it and be like, I'm doing it right? Like, is there a method that's how to do it because it's okay saying there is a that spot up there i know um so the only thing i can say is i was going to be interviewed by oh, what's it called that um is it yes the website for women's orgasms um and they were because they were talking about all of this but i couldn't get to america in the time frame because i was going snowboarding obviously <laughs> so i'm sorry i'm too, too busy, busy being fabulous yeah. <laughs> oh, God, oh, God. um but but they did do quite a lot of peer reviews so it's worth checking them out However, um, I'm going to be honest, I didn't discover it by myself. I'd heard about it and thought, oh, that's I just don't do that. And I remember my ex-husband trying desperately hard to make that happen. But it was actually when I had become single and was um, serial dating and exploring my ethical sluttery. Uh, And I actually met someone where we laugh now because um, it's his one trick. His one trick is that he can get women gushing. And but I did learn his method. And then also applied it to myself in a fabulous threesome I once had. Um, and it works. So, <laughs> <laughs> so hand on top of the pubic bone. Yeah. I am now miming. And fingers up into the vagina. And the trick is to, it's like a proper beckoning with your fingers ever so slightly apart because you're trying to not just agitate the G-spot. And it's, it's, it's quite hard. Uh, my experience is it's quite hard and repeatedly 
yeah, it's quite, um, there's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this I, is I, your, um, you can't see, I'm making a circle with my hands. Yeah. So am I just going upwards? Yeah, upwards. And it is about a finger's length. Yeah. And then this pulling back like, quite like, hard. Almost like a scratching. I yeah. just want to go home and play with myself. Good. <laughs> brilliant brilliant day what a great afternoon um yeah that's exactly it and then just keep on going and don't get frustrated it doesn't happen the first time or the Mm -hmm. second time or the third time just keep on exploring and and playing and you're saying straight up not to the side it's straight up straight up so literally straight up in the center of that will be the g-spot hitting this bit yeah okay yeah so in the center of it would be your g-spot and Mm -hmm. it's either side and that's that's what you're going for as a woman and i don't know if you feel this jen it kind of feels like sometimes i'm either gonna pee myself yeah Mm -hmm. or shit myself okay my worry is that i'm gonna worry too much about trying to do it do you know what i mean like i must get that spot i must get that spot where i need to be in that sexual zone to really kind of get in my mood this is a great conversation and it's something that i go on and on and on about i strongly recommend that couples make time for workshop sex Mm. and in that workshop sex you can explore anything and I recommend that it's a really sacred space. So and you assign two hours that, you know, obviously kids are away. Dogs are looked after. It's just time for you. No one's going to ring on the doorbell. And in that two hours, it's almost like if this all goes tits up and it's shit, that's OK. We can have a debrief and we go back <laughs> in, you know, and it can be quite clinical. But like, actually, I have a conversation. Do you to tell you if you can go high yeah. enough? Mm. Sorry, just no. in my head. I think when you're trying new things, you almost have to have that understanding that no pressure on you to come and no pressure on you to make me come. Mm. We make a mess by like when we're learning, right? So we literally need to go in and practice. And the problem is if that's on your one date night a week when you're both hoping to get your rocks off, then it's like, oh, six was a bit of shit. Like, oh. Mm. Too much pressure. You know, it comes a bit mundane, doesn't it? You know exactly how sex is going to be. And I think when you've been in a relationship for so long, you do need to start talking to each other a bit more. Like, we do this every Friday night. Do you fancy um, hitting that spot now? (laughs) And this is why I love workshop sex. Because if you can actually create a culture in your relationship, which is, um, let's make suggestions and see what we want to explore. Let's just have this experimental openness mm-hmm. i actually had the conversation with my partner this morning it's been ages since we had workshop sex and i was like okay we've got a free weekend next weekend should we book a couple of hours out for some workshop sex and it was like yeah great what would you like to explore and i was like oh good question i think i'd like to play around with this what would you like to explore and he was like mm, i want to play around with this I went great so then if it gets like shit or whatever you can laugh it off nothing's lost and actually you've had some lovely time for intimacy mm-hmm. what would you say is the best sexual position to come in sex like actually fucking it absolutely depends on your vagina right and which and which orgasm mm. there's seven there's seven so uh, yeah because i heard that the woman on top that's you're more likely to orgasm that's my easiest way Mm. lean back on top and which orgasm probably somewhere internal but i'm not 100 percent sure so uh, just a vaginal orgasm in general yeah and i was thinking about what you were saying earlier with the um 
cervical orgasm and I know that I've had times when I've come really hard and almost had like period pains from it so yeah. I don't know if that's one or the uterus or what but that was kind of my first experience of a, of an orgasm in that position and then came the clitoral orgasm so it's all completely backwards for me I feel like and then recently the skein's gland. But there are times when if he's been going on my skein's gland, I find it really easy to come yeah. from the G spot yeah. because it's all like activated almost. And like you were saying about that path, it's like start here, then this little flower opens and this <laughs> And Jim, what orgasm do you prefer to have? Do you know what? Recently we had sex and he was going skiing, scans, clean over and over. And I felt like, am I in a porno? Like this wasn't what <laughs> yeah. I needed tonight. I wanted really gentle mm. sex and that isn't. And sometimes I love that. And that's what it I'm like gunning for. Yeah. But sometimes I want to be held. I want to just be caressed and be more sensual than like. And this is another thing men don't get. Like just snog me, like snog Slow me, it down. snog me, snog me. Like quite often we'll just be like, right, let's have sex. And there's no chemistry. It's just an act when I think snogging is a huge part. Like you can snog oh, me for half an hour and I've got to like a level 10 of horniness. Yeah. And I think sometimes they need to be reminded that a snog is so powerful. I'm just going to pick you up on your generalisation that men don't get that. Some. Some men don't Some. get that. And so, and we teach people how to treat us. Mm-hmm. So that just means that you have to be much clearer Snogging. with your boundaries. Yeah. Snog just me. snog me. Snog my face off. Mm. Now then. Yeah. And then move to my yeah. neck and down to my breasts. Yeah. yeah. And this is the thing, like when... So if you can get to the place where you're feeling less shy and you are so present and clear with what you're asking for, my experience is that the sexual partners fucking love that. I love it when someone's really clear with me and I'm like, what, this hard? Harder? Do you want Okay, tell me. I'm here. I'm here. I'm in service. What do you want? It's going to be Friday night and he's not going to know what's come to him. (laughs) That's literally on him. Come on him. I've got the whip. (laughs) I've got the chain. (laughs) So what you were talking about there, Jen, is something, again, we talk about in Tantra, which is this, that there's a big exercise around talking to your vagina and talking from your vagina, because this is where we learn how we want things to be and you're right like the whole beauty of being a woman is is nothing's ever set in stone we are much more in flow than that so yes yeah, sometimes I want a really good hard fucking mm. Mm. and other times I just yeah just take it really slow and yeah, I just be gentle with me yeah might not even want to be penetrated I just yeah. want to feel your hands it'd be good if me. we had a card right and then we just put, flip the card red is fuck me hard and then green is slow and soft yeah no you're not allowed that <laughs> not because allowed that, that means that you're not adulting no. and and oh, asking. I need to actually talk to him. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, oh, you do. Man. That's so, the thing I need to learn is talk. Well, what I really like as well. So it's a way that I always recommend people start workshop sex. But actually, if there is this, dis- so the snogging gives deep intimacy. So if actually that's the bit that feels like it's missing because you're closing your eyes, you're not maybe expressing what you want. It feels like that the intimacy could be worked on. And so then I would be stripping it right back and saying, don't even go for sex. Yeah, Yeah, don't even go there. Mm -hmm. I'd be really recommending that you start with eye gazing. And eye gazing is probably one of the, it's the easiest and the hardest tantric technique. And it just means that you sit in connection, usually either sort of cross-legged face to face, or if you want to be like really juicy and intimate, then you sit in a position called yabyong, which is when the man's sitting up 
and you're literally sitting on his lap with your legs wrapped around him. But you're looking at each other. And I mean, literally with a timer on for 10 minutes and you're just making eye contact and just being with any feelings that are alive in you. And the normal responses are, I feel like an idiot. I want to laugh or this. I remember the first time I did it, I was like, oh, my God, I just want to run away because this feels really vulnerable and exposing. But if I can sit with that vulnerable and exposing feeling, allow that just to move through. Now I drop into a deeper connection. So do I give a shit that then he's going to see me naked? No, because he's already seen me. And I think that's Holly's thing. Like we she's so good in front of the camera and two years ago we went to the lavender fields and Daz came and I was like look into her eyes he's being completely normal and she couldn't cope no I actually said I can't remember the last time I looked in your eyes and that's really sad it actually really hit home and I thought I can't remember seeing your eyes so blue and it kind of took me back and thought Maybe I don't invest enough time in him and vice versa. I don't know whether he, but he actually found it really easy to do. Um, And I think the biggest part for me, oh, I might get a bit emotional now. The biggest part is I feel like I'm kind of losing that intimacy with him. Um, I love him dearly and... um, but we don't connect. I find it really hard to talk. And maybe the only time we talk is via a text, if I've got something to say. Um, I struggle to talk to him face to face and look at him properly in the eye if it's something really important to me. Have you sat in front of a really big mirror and looked yourself in the eye? Yeah, I can um, I can look at myself in, in can, the eye. Can you do that without the I'm putting on makeup? Can you just sit, yeah. breathe? watch yourself, I would then be recommending that as part of, because it sounds like it's a block in intimacy in you. Mm. And if you can't be intimate and honest, like really with yourself, then you can't be with your partner. And if it is just with your partner, then there's something in your dynamic to unpick. But I would be suggesting that actually the first place for you is becoming your own lover and building up to actually wanking into a mirror, mm-hmm. like watching yourself as you are going through that process and keeping as much eye contact with yourself as you can mm. and looking at how beautiful your body is and looking how amazingly hot it looks whilst you're, you're in that incredibly sort of enraptured place. And then you'd realise how fucking lucky it is to be in a room with you naked. So you wouldn't want to close your eyes. Because before this podcast, we had the conversation and I said, during sex, I must close my eyes 90% of the time because I'm actually scared to see him look at my body. And as much as I come across this really confident person, there are some parts of my body that I'm ashamed Mm. of. So I think if I close my eyes, he can't see me. And like Jen said, it's quite childlike. Mm, yeah and I think you're right I think I need to kind of be more at one with myself as much as I say I can look at myself in the mirror but could I look at myself in the mirror playing with myself looking really sexy and that's probably you're right something I need to work on because I wonder if you'd be able to do the super confident performing like how sexy am I but actually to be in your own vulnerability yeah and sit there and watch yourself crying or sit there and watch yourself and really just love yourself Mm. Mm. powerful really powerful So when you're, so you're going through this kind of process and you've stopped having the clitoral orgasm and then you've allowed the skein's gland and the G-spot to get involved. 
Like we were saying, those can go on and on and on for hours, the skein's gland ones. And then you really get to determine when sex ends. So it might be that you decide, actually, I'm done right now and I don't need that clitoral orgasm. And then you just get to walk around in this sort of like delicious, juicy, slightly aroused, vibrant state all day. Or you're like, actually, yeah, I, I, I want that clitoral orgasm. So now I'm going to have that. Usually my experience is that the the uterine or the cervical orgasms sort of happen when there's deep connection with your partner. You're deeply trusting. You're incredibly open. You've it's just been a big, juicy mess of deliciousness and, and, and it's really joyful. That's usually when we get those really, really big, deep orgasms. Um, but this also then becomes about sex not being goal centered around one particular type of orgasm and actually just do I just want to have sex with you because I call it a penetrative hug. So is it just like, yeah, let's just have sex. And it doesn't mean that now I've got to spend 10 minutes trying to have a wank or you get me off or we can just enjoy the juiciness of sex without it needing to end up in an orgasm, mine or theirs. Then you're just sort of playing really in this really sort of sexually aroused state. And that comes back to um, the less we try and control an outcome, the nicer it is, I think, in everything in life. Everything but, in life. But yeah. Mm. Thanks, babes. Oh, there's lots to go home and think about. And play with. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, um, it's so so we would love for you to um, comment, I guess, at the bottom of this podcast. I don't yeah. know how it works. Have um, you got anything else you wanted to say before? No, we wrap I think up? we kind of covered that all really beautifully. My main points are always be your own lover first, know exactly how your body ticks. And then you bring that into a sexual space because then you're not needing someone else to behave in a certain way for you to get off. Exactly. Mm. Or validating. And Esther Perel, the sex psychologist, talks about this. She talks about creating this secret garden from each other, which means that you still have uh, an active sex life away from your partner, even, you know, within monogamy, you are wanking, you are in your own juiciness. It doesn't belong to the relationship. I do that. You do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Self-love is so important, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's like meditation. That's as close as I get to meditation. Mm, Hell yeah. I agree. But yeah, anyway, thank you so much for coming on, Claire. Loved it. And yeah, wow, I didn't think we were going to go that deep, but we had some tears. That's beautiful, Holly. Um, And if anyone, no, do not apologize. I am not sorry. No, good. good. Um, if anyone wants to comment or if they want to get in touch with Claire, how do they reach you? What's the best way? So I'm on Facebook, Claire Snowden Darling. There's also my website, clairesnowdendarling.com. Uh, or through Balanced Wellness, all on Facebook, all the usual places. And you've and got Instagram. a new one, haven't you? What's that new sexy www.iwannafeel? <laughs> oh, yeah. Great. Thanks. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so for women who are having hormone issues, uh, I strongly recommend checking out www.iwanttofeelbetter.com co.uk and it's a very clever free symptom assessor that asks you a series of questions and then tells you where your issues are like we haven't Mm -hmm. talked about anything physical but it's it's really clever and it's always bang on and then yeah then if you are looking at some of the emotional stuff like even the stuff that you've been talking about holly so openly and beautifully then we have just launched a website called www.com 
uh, radicalselflove.co.uk. And that leads to our, it's actually the self-love series that I Good. created for Liberty. It's the videos of that. So it's self-love, sort of honesty and sex. What does radical self-love mean? And how do I choose food from a place of radical self-love? Um, they're free. Uh, and then there's also the option to get involved with a 12-hour online course called Reclaim Your Life, which is all about this emotional transformation. Well, I'm sure there's going to be a follow-up to this podcast. Um, yeah. I've loved it. And I feel like I could speak about it for hours on end. So, yeah, it'd be lovely if you could leave comments and anything else you want to know. And I'm sure we're going to book in another podcast maybe next month, the month after. Maybe we just do sex talk each month because there's so <laughs> yeah. much to talk about. And we um, want to hear your journey as yeah. well, Holly. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I'm going to go home later. I'll be like, sorry, Jen, I've only worked three hours today because I had to play with myself. <laughs> but maybe can job. you uh, pay me for an hour playing myself because it's yeah, all about self-love right <laughs> and research um, but yeah no I've loved it I've loved it and I'm excited to see where my journey goes and I think actually there's going to be some honesty from me and a bit of hardship I think I'm going to have to sit in that mirror and I think you're right but I think there's probably a lot of people in my situation that's been in a relationship for mm -hmm. a while that are struggling to connect and I really hope that today has taught them just to go back Go back, take a moment and appreciate yourself first before diving straight in. Absolutely, 100%. Thank yeah, you beautiful. so much. Thank you. Thank you.